Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome again to Next Step Leadership Podcast. I'm Chris Maxwell. Uh, Tracy Reynolds and I are enjoying a conversation with J.J. Getz. Uh, Tracy, this is just fun. As I, as I said in our last podcast, it's fun having conversations with people that we've, we've uh, seen potential in them, and we've seen how they're reaching great potential and doing great things. Yeah, I tell you, it's, it's hard not to just be so full of pride for uh, uh, not... I love what you do, J.J., but I love who you are, yeah, and that's long been the case. And I, I am just so thankful for what God is doing in and through you. And it's so good to have you on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. uh, welcome back, JJ. Thanks for having me. Well, I loved um, you know your comments uh, in our last conversation. But let's just kind of go back uh, to uh, your, you told us a lot about what you're doing now. Uh, but as you were growing up, you were a, a PK. Um, you were a preacher's kid. Uh, you were a part of uh, a small church, and that's the high percentage of churches in our culture. They may not be the churches that get all the attention, uh, but the, most of our churches are, are small in number and attendance. They don't have big staffs. They don't have a lot of technology. Uh, so what, what have you learned just personally and spiritually, uh, vocationally also, to help you in your present role? But what have you learned uh, personally through those years? of being a a pastor's child? Yeah. Well, my first job in the church was just once I had learned to read, I was given the job of changing out the transparencies on the projector and our little church that we had um, down in South Georgia. My mom said, okay, you can read. I have a job for you. So um, Mm -hmm. ever since I think I was about four or five years old, I've been involved in some way in the local church specifically um, smaller churches. And for me, it's so beautiful how God uses his church for the communities that they're in. And I grew up, um, just outside of, uh, the community where Emmanuel college is and, uh, church there. My dad was the pastor and we, um, he's still the pastor there. And it has been, um, a joy to, to grow up there, to go back and visit. And I, to me, it influenced a lot of my understanding of what it means to do church because sometimes you're not, you don't have a big budget. You don't have someone you can delegate a thing to. It's just got to happen and you're there and you can do it. And you do it because you believe in the mission of the church. You believe in helping people encounter Jesus in lives being transformed. So whether it's a more glamorous job like singing or leading worship or something like sweeping the floor in the gym before Wednesday night church, because nobody's done that yet. And it needs to happen. Um, The hearts of people who are the lifeblood of particularly smaller churches who aren't getting paid anything. They just care so deeply for their community, for their brothers and sisters in Christ. Those are, I am amazed by these folks that they just care and there's nothing in it for them. They're not doing it for any recognition or for anyone to um, applaud them. They just 
they believe in what they're doing. And I got to see that firsthand with um, my dad's church, with other churches that I've worked with in the past. One thing that um, I think is really neat that my dad has um, encountered in the last couple of years is he's been a school bus driver for kids who live in the community. And every Friday, they he brings them donuts and they have kind of a like party time on the bus and he tells them Bible stories on the school bus. I probably shouldn't tell anybody that. Um, but he's he's chosen to invest in the community and he mm-hmm. invites those kids and their parents to church and they come and they love it and it's their church. And he is a consistent person that they know is going to show up every day who cares about them. He knows when they're having a hard time. He knows when they're having a great time. And the decision to invest in the community where the church is and not to just say, everybody needs to just come here and you know, walk through the doors and experience the power of our church, but to rather say, I'm here to serve. I'm here to be the pastor in this community, not to just be the preacher in the pulpit on Sunday. That has been amazing to see the impact that his church has been able to have because they've chosen to invest in the people around them. And some of those kids are never going to come. They're mm-hmm. never going to show up on a Wednesday sure. or a Sunday. They th- That's not going to happen, but they will always know that their pastor is, you know, Mr. Burt. And if they need anything, he's the pastor their parents are going to call. Um, mm-hmm. If they wanted to go to church, they'd know a place that someone wanted them there. And to me, that is a, a beautiful picture of how, yeah, sure, there's, you know, giant churches, there's larger churches, um, but not not every tiny community outside of another small town needs a giant church. They need the church that's for their community and a group of people that are for them. And that will be accessible to folks that need a place to call home and who need a pastor to call when a crisis comes. And this, it's just, it's really, really special when instead of um, trying to be something else, a church decides we're going to be here where we are. We're going to serve the community that we're around. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to love people where they are. Um, and mm. it, it, it's it's just beautiful to me. Oh, that's yeah. good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that you work at a church called New City, because in the title itself, I think that that's a mm-hmm. uh, that's a cool. By the way, what's up with the title? I love that. Um, you know, I think it's that's both that we're trying to help make a new city where we are here in Charlotte mm-hmm. to build, um, what what God is doing, the new things that God is doing here, but also it kind of harkens to the new city, the new Jerusalem. Right. Um, so that's both, there's both a right now and a not yet component to it. Um, and to let people know that God is doing a new thing. We're not doing an old thing. He's doing a new thing. And yeah. um, it, it really is invitational for people to be a part of something new when they may have had yeah. um, maybe a bad old experience somewhere mm-hmm. that there's hope um, in the new life that, that Jesus brings. Very cool. We should all be living with that in mind, the right now and the not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yep. Well, we talked a bit about uh, something that's dear to, to all of our hearts, and that is teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just um, 
automatons or peons, but people that work together to accomplish a goal together. I know that's a passion of yours, so I would just love to just wind you up and let you go talking about the value of working <laughs> around a common goal and, and bringing out the best and getting them to bring their best. So tell us what, some, a little bit about teams, JJ. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because I used to think leadership was just talking really fast and loud and telling people what to do. And uh, there's very little of that that I do, except the talking fast part. Um, <laughs> but what I've loved most about living in a leadership space is getting to work with people. And I, I, I'm not a, um, I'm not a full adherent to every personality test or working style test out there. But I do think it can be really helpful to know how people are wired and for them to know and appreciate how they're wired. So. The team that I lead is a multidisciplinary team that is communications, database, production, IT, facilities. There's a whole lot of folks mm -hmm. who work in areas that intersect some and some that intersect more than others. Um, and so a, a lot of our projects and day-to-day and -day activities are integrated naturally. But then there are other projects that we'll take on, and this brings me great joy, where we get someone who needs to get a thing done but they are really good at one part of the equation mm -hmm. and we can bring a couple of other teammates alongside them to complement their skill set. And then you have a team of people who can get something done really well. We all took, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the working genius. I was going to say Pat Lencioni. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought this is silly. And then I took it and I read my profile and I said, Oh, 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 this is exactly right. And mm, yeah. so I had um, my teammates take it and, you know, I mapped out how everyone was on, mm -hmm. on the, um, there's a team map that you can do. And yep. I realized the reason our team was so successful is that we weren't deficient in any one area. So we were able to get everything from an idea down to the actual tactics of getting something done. Sure. And, um, so for me, it's like, how do I pull the right people together? If I know someone's a great thinker, but they have a hard time getting going, then I'm going to pair you know, an ideator with someone who's a galvanizer, who's mm -hmm. going to be able to get them in gear to keep them moving, and then probably bring in uh, somebody with some tenacity to make sure that everything gets chased down and yep. that um, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. And to me, it's super energizing to see that happen and to see the light bulb come on for people to realize I don't have to do this all myself. I am not the best at every single part of making something happen. And my teammates are here for me. They're here with me. And I don't have to uh, feel like a failure if I end up needing help. It's actually much smarter to work alongside other people and utilize their gifts and their talents and what we're going to end up with is going to be so much better than it would have been if I were just doing this by myself. I'll see to it that we get uh, a reference in the show notes for Patrick Lencioni's The Working Genius. We did a similar thing here at the office. And, I, you know, I think it goes harkens back to even way before them. It's getting the right people on the bus, but also getting mm -hmm. the right people in the right seats on mm -hmm. the bus and playing towards the strengths uh, and, share, and, and realizing that probably in any reasonable any reasonably healthy body of Christ, God has given the capacity to accomplish what he's called you to do. If mm -hmm. we'll lean into that together. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell me what you love most about getting people to, to work together in that context. Um, oh gosh. I think I love 
being a part of helping people think through something and being able to watch them or work with them as they make it happen. Um, mm. I'll give you an example. So one of my teammates, we were, he originally wasn't on my team. We were um, peers in the organization. We did a lot of work together and we were talking about hiring. He was a production director and we were talking about hiring a video director to help create some video content. And then one day he comes up and he's like, you know, I was realizing I actually really enjoy doing the video stuff. And I said, oh, okay, so then what, if that's what you'd rather do, let's, let's hire for the other stuff. And so we worked together, put together a job description. We're like, we're going to hire a production manager. This is going to be great. You know, Rob, you'll get to do the video stuff that you're really passionate and very talented at. And we'll hire somebody to do the other stuff that you're good at, but that doesn't bring you as much joy. So we worked on it. We had to deal with some um, budget issues. We're like, well, we can't hire right now. We're going to wait. We're going to do this. We finally, uh, the start of this year, our production manager started. And what's been super cool is that he is so energized by everything live production, by environments, by um, lighting and sound and getting everything dialed in just right. And he loves it. He's also very good at video, but that's not what gets him up in the morning. And so for him to be able to jump into the thing that lights him up, that he cares so deeply about, and for my teammate Rob to say, I want to do video. I want to focus on that. He's still part of the live production world, but he's been able to really invest in some critical creative pieces in the video space while still speaking into production uh, with his production manager, it's been so cool to think it just started off as a conversation where we were trying to solve one problem mm-hmm. and realized we could go a completely different direction, solve that problem and get people in the right seat, doing the thing that they're wired to do that brings them way mm-hmm. more joy and satisfaction and makes them want to come to work every day. And the organization benefits because we're getting better work from everybody because they're really hitting they're, they're really hitting their sweet spot with um, with what they're doing. Mm. Sounds like there had to be some communication and a culture where it was okay to be honest about, hey, hey, you know, I'm doing this, uh, but can I just go on a limb here and say, I'd really like to do that. And, yeah. And I, yeah, that's, I love that. That tells me some things about the culture that you guys have created too, that it's okay mm-hmm. to, to, hey, I want to know about that, but yeah. I can take a little bit of a risk. Uh, and there's some risks involved in all that you talked about. Yeah. But uh that's great. Yeah, makes it fun. And um, as I'm listening to this, uh, I'm thinking about uh, the conversations that are needed to move from where we are to where we need to be. Mm. Uh, and I think, again, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I feel like we're we're just missing uh, investing time to have those deep conversations. Again, not related to size of church or whether this right. is staff positions or volunteer, but just good friends, true friends, honest with one another mm-hmm. about this is how I'm wired. Where do yes. I fit? Uh, I mean, you know, Tracy and and I've had conversations uh, with one another. We've got the right people in our lives to dare us, to challenge us, to like, what about this? Have you thought about this? Um, but so many people I talk to, JJ, they they do not have that. Yeah. And again, I, I'm excited in hearing everything you're saying. But then I just think of those uh, that kind of, I kind of mentioned earlier, 
those people mm-hmm. that are desperate to have someone to talk to. Uh, yeah. So just keep keep giving us examples and stories of what's worked for you and the importance of this so that we yeah. do not allow anyone who's listening to this to just stay as they are. They have to pursue help from others uh, contacting sometimes a counselor, sometimes a life coach, as you mentioned, or yeah. other leaders in their denomination uh, who can just walk along beside them, or another yeah. pastor. I mean, yeah, two pastors just sit together and talk about life and, and learn from one another. Yeah. The energy and the energy you get from a conversation like that will carry you a long way, too. I think one of the things that I've observed is you can either just be reactive and say, this is how it is and just take what comes to you. Or you can be proactive and say, I'm going to seek input from others. I'm going to seek a mentor. I'm going to seek finding a coach. I'm going to seek um, asking for feedback from my supervisor or, you know, if it's, you know, if you're in a denomination, it's your you know, your leader there. Um, so often we're afraid to do that because we're not sure what it's going to stir up and what we might be exposing ourselves to, um, what someone else might find out about us. Mm. However, there, it's impossible. I, I do think it's impossible to, to reach your full potential just by yourself. If you're not receiving mm-hmm. feedback, even if it's not fun, it's not always fun. My coach doesn't always tell me stuff that's fun. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it's like, shouldn't have brought that up because you just, you just got me right there. You, you, you helped me see something about myself that I was trying not to see. But that's that, that's that risk and reward part. Yeah. That's, that's, there's always a risk involved, JJ. It's, it's going to cost me something. I I heard you talk about initiative that Mm -hmm. I've got to take some ownership and say, I'm going to press into that. And that's going to be uncomfortable at least initially. Right. Oh yeah. No, it, it feels terrible. Um, but the, the growth that you can achieve through taking that risk, through being vulnerable, mm-hmm. through being humble, just enough to say, I need help. I'm not perfect. I'm not the best leader, maybe not even the best leader in my house, um, but I'm, I want to do better. I want to serve mm-hmm. my company or my friends or the relationships in my life or my church. I want to serve better at my full capacity. Um, we can't reach that just on our own. We can do okay and we can, you know, grit our teeth and white knuckle it through, but that's no way to live. Uh, and that's not, that's not how I want to live as a leader. I want to go with people. I don't want to just go alone. And that's so much of what, um, what I've loved about my, my role right now is I spend time with people. I have one-on-ones with my direct reports every week so that we can have these kinds of conversations so we can do the work, but that I can know them as people. And it is worth the investment because we're able to do so much more together than we could do alone. I love that. Mm-hmm. That last little phrase, we can do so much more together than we can do alone. That's the way God designed us. That's the way he made the body of Christ. And I think that's the way every team uh, should operate. Cause it goes back to what you said initially that requires humility that requires knowing who I am, but also who I'm not, and being okay with that, uh, realizing that that's something to celebrate. That means that I need you, mm-hmm. uh, and you need me, and maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, JJ, we're so proud of you. Uh, we're yeah, thankful we for you to uh, just follow the direction the Lord's taken you. Uh, we could go back and tell so many stories about our, our times with you at Emmanuel, but, but you were uh, willing uh, to be directed by the Lord, and you worked hard uh, to find out what that would be, and you talked to the right people, and and uh, that was important to you. So, yeah, we just want to 
smile at you, clap, uh, and tell you we are we are proud of you, and we want to challenge you and encourage you uh, to continue doing what so many other people are are learning from you. Um, have the right people speaking into your life. Do those things that you are called and equipped to do. And Tracy and I just join with you, JJ, and encourage anyone listening to find ways to make their next steps their best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.